Haute Couture, Prêt-à-Porter, Bridge, Contemporary, Economical or Budget. There are a ton of different fashion category segments. If you're a brand entrepreneur aspiring to create your own brand, you might think to yourself, where do I fit in? Is my brand more bridge? Is it more contemporary? Is it considered more budget? If you're designing a sportswear line, where does that fit in? Are you high-end, low-end, mid-end? On today's episode, we'll be looking at the five to six key categories of fashion that exist traditionally. We'll look at each one and explain what are the requirements and the key characteristics from a design, fabric, and philosophical perspective for each of these items. By the end of this episode, you'll walk away with a better understanding of where you slot in and allow you to make an educated decision on how you can continue to push your brand forward. Ultimately, when we design fashion, we always bear in mind the price point, the target audience, the fabric, the silhouette, and the category that we're designing for. Different categories are going to have different requirements. And when I look at my contemporaries, those around me, which category do they fall into? We'll start off with haute couture, which is by far the most expensive, the most labor intensive, and the most prestigious of all of the different fashion segments. This segment is closely monitored in Paris by the Chambre de la Haute Couture Syndicale de Paris, which means that it's the syndicate of haute couture in Paris that monitors and determines what is considered haute couture and not, and which designers are to be incorporated into the segment. In order to be considered a couturist, you have to have an operation in Paris with more than 15 workers and you have to have consistently designed collections with over 35 pieces, all of which have been approved as couture. These 35 pieces must be presented bi-yearly, so twice a year in Paris and must include both day wear and evening wear. At the same time, all of the pieces that you sell must have at least three core fittings for the product onto your final customer to be considered haute couture. The next key category of fashion is that of pre-apporter or designer. Where designer differs from haute couture is that you tend to use standardized sizing, whether it's lettered sizing or numerical sizing, supposed to couture where each garment is fitted three times to the consumer to be considered couture. At the same time, each of the collections is shown every single season to buyers and customers in order to present and to market the collection. Pré-Aporté is marked by high quality fabrics, high detailed craftsmanship, and elevated detailing on the garments. Each collection that is created underneath the Pré-Aporté nomer or the nomenclature ultimately means that it has a special cachet or a motif or a concept attached to it. Whether it's a strong marketing campaign that pushes a theme or an idea similar to Tom Ford, or it's elevated workmanship elevated materials and detailings like Hermes, or there's some sort of esoteric, a macroeconomic, microeconomic theory or sort of hypothesis that's trying to be thrown across by the designer similar to Off-White or something like Comme des Garçons. Each of these will have a theme or an idea behind it. As we see fashion shifting into more casual fashion, Pirapurte and designer collections are more and more being used as promotional tools by the design houses to promote their lower end lines or their diffusion lines in order to sell a larger and higher quantities to a wider consumer base. Next up, we have the bridge category, which is strictly or mostly an American phenomenon, one that gained in popularity in the early to mid 1970s as women were entering into the workforce en masse. What they noticed is that their traditional 
feminine clothing wasn't really keeping up with them in terms of their day-to-day -day needs in the professional and in the workforce. So bridge was invented as a category in order to be able to supply women with more sporty yet tailored and professional clothing that is essentially able to bridge that gap between what they need and what they ultimately have. When it comes to price points, Bridge typically boasts mid to high end price points, but not as high as Pré-à-Porter and definitely not as high as Haute Couture because you really don't have the same designer cachet attached to it, nor the same level of workmanship, hand craftsmanship, fabrics, and detailing of the garments. When it comes to the style, really not much has changed since the 1970s, but that has sort of changed as of late with silhouettes that are more feminine, that are more sort of dressy in appearance, rather than those overly masculinized, larger forms, bolder forms that were popularized in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's interesting to note that nowadays, the bridge category is actually in a state of flux because consumer behaviors have ultimately changed. Women no longer feel intimidated by their male cohorts in the workspace and don't really feel the need to blend in. So they're choosing to stand out and to portray themselves as they want to. So you've seen the bridge category also take note of that. Famous bridge icons such as Ann Taylor, Banana Republic have began to experiment more and more with their silhouettes with their designs to appeal to a younger demographic of millennials and ultimately they're moving away from the blended in effect that the baby boomers were demanding in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Next up, we have Contemporary, which essentially is designer or pré-apporté made more affordable. And sometimes these collections are called diffuse collections. A lot of the large scale designers such as DKNY, you look at Calvin Klein, Hugo Boss, all fall within the category of contemporary fashion. And the idea here is to be able to offer these higher end designs that have more motifs, more concepts attached to them to a broader audience and brought to a younger generation that are going to have a larger lifetime value as they have more years and more opportunities to purchase. So the contemporary collections would eventually allow consumers to graduate into the pré-apporté and eventually the couture designer directions as consumers have more disposal income and as they age up in the market. Moving on, we have the moderate collection. Typically, these are versatile clothing collections that are usually sold in department stores such as Macy's, Dillard's, Bloomingdale's. A lot of these collections have a wide variety of appeal. So the brands that would be incorporated underneath your moderate collections would be able to be taken into your business casual settings or they'd be taken into your weekend wear. So it's clothing that is meant to appeal to a wide range of lifestyle needs and wants by the consumer base. Typically, these moderate collections have three key categories of product. At the very base level, you have your core items. Then in the intermediate, you have your core plus items. And lastly, you have your novelty items. So when we look at a moderate collection, an item that may be construed or considered a core item might be something very simple, such as the indigo blue jeans from Gap. This type of product is offered in a bunch of different colorways, and it's a silhouette that is well-known and well-liked that is brought out in essential colors. What is considered a core plus is a core item with a twist. So it might be a striped sweater, it might be a twist back tank top, it might be a hoodie with some sort of formal or unique design detailing. And then lastly, you have your novelty items. These are your halo pieces. These are the pieces that are meant to attract customers to the brand, but not all customers may necessarily buy these products because they might be higher in price or limited availability. These may be things like windbreakers, these may be things like overalls, 
cargo pants, just these products that really call attention to the brand. Next up, we have the tweens slash juniors category. Tweens are typically consumers between the ages of 10 to 13, and then juniors between 14 and 18. One of the fastest growing categories in the fashion space, typically because of the advent of social media. Now, pretty much every single tween and junior has access to a telephone and is able to be marketed to. Also, one thing to note that is different between the tweens, juniors to their older counterparts is that they're more focused on individuality and uniqueness. And this is something that marketers are well aware of and that they use strategically in their marketing campaigns to position their products as countercultural or different from the norm. All of these are trends and as soon as this category feels that this has been mass adopted, they now consider it passe and they move on to the next thing. Some well-known and legacy brands might be something like Forever 21 that really caters to the trendy clothing of the moment that seems counterculture but is meant to be mass adopted. So it's the illusion of individuality that these brands are able to offer. And then once the cat is out of the bag and everyone knows that it's just another trend, these brands come up with another thing that these customers can latch onto. Last but not least, you have the budget category. This is by far the fastest growing category of clothing and it's sometimes called throwaway clothing. You most likely have seen these large retailers, these large brands, Fashion Nova, Shein, Zara, H&M, these are considered budget alternatives to some of the higher end brands. Typically what these budget brands do is they monitor designer brands and they immediately take aspects from them when they see them on the catwalk and with fast and efficiency, they're able to take a design that is highlighted in Paris Fashion Week or Milan Fashion Week and within three to four weeks, they're able to go from design development to production and have the same pieces that are sometimes 20x, 40x the price. What this has done is number one, there's a fake it until you make it sort of persona with these brands where they're copying and sometimes blatantly ripping off large scale designers in order to sell at a more accessible price point to a wider audience. So this is in itself thievery. What we notice as well is this has encouraged a throwaway sort of philosophy of fashion. The clothing, because of its low quality and low craftsmanship and also low price, so therefore the customers have a lower value perception of the product, is typically worn three times, four times, and then thrown away and forgotten about. What happens with these clothing is that they typically end up in landfills and they contribute further to the economic or the sustainability crisis that we're currently facing. What we also notice is the same time that these large scale budget retailers also don't have the best track record in terms of how they treat their manufacturing facilities, the workers that work at their facilities, and also just the overall labor practices that are used to create and manufacture these very, very cheaply made products in order to pass on these low prices to the consumer with still exorbitant profits being made. Minimum wage, there are not safe working conditions, equipment or gear, or even training for some of these women. So someone is getting squeezed in the middle and if it's not the brand, it's not the consumer, it's the people that are making these clothing. Let's answer the age old question, which category does sportswear fit into? Sportswear more likely than not will fit into either contemporary, either moderate or sometimes, depending on the company that's making them, the budget categories. My sort of suggestion to you, if you wanna create something that is truly unique, then stay away from making your sports brand a budget brand. Stick to either making it a moderate or if you have the ability and the design gumption and you have something to say, a contemporary brand. You wanna make something that's high-end 
and use key design details. You want to solve a genuine issue by creating high-end clothing that consumers are going to cherish. If you guys are wondering which category your specific brand falls into, maybe you've made a couple sales and you're curious of how you can move into the contemporary structure so you can benefit from the brands that are in your vicinity and you want to make that move strategically, well, you can check the link in the description, offer one-on-one -on -one consultation calls, and I'll be able to get on that call, study your brand, see what your vision is long-term, and help you make strategic decisions over designs, silhouettes, marketing, and price points that you need to hit in order to successfully go into these categories. Guys, if you're still here, I thank you from the very bottom of my heart for tuning in to this amazing episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week, stay awesome.